Informing America's farmers and ranchers, it's Adams on Agriculture, produced by the American Ag Radio Network. Here's your host, Mike Adams. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Adams on Agriculture. Thank you for joining us as we wrap up what's been another very busy week. Hope you have a good weekend ahead. Weather starting to improve in places. Uh, kind of that window of opportunity for field work open a little bit for some places that have been waiting and waiting. So um, looks like maybe a little bit of field work's going to get done. In the boot heel of Missouri, they're busy down there. They're getting some things done, although they got off to an even slower start than usual. We're going to talk with Charlie Cruz, past president of the Missouri Farm Bureau. Uh, he farms there in the boot heel of Missouri, and he's going to give us a planting update in that area a little later in the program. We've talked a lot this week about the, the markup in the House Ag Committee of the Farm Bill proposal and how it passed out of committee in, in early May. It'll be going to the House floor. We focused mostly on uh, the nutrition title. That's where the controversy uh, is, of course, between Republicans and Democrats, great impasse there. But there are some other issues, a lot of uh, focus as well on conservation, some changes there. We're going to talk with the president of the National Association of Conservation Districts and get his thoughts on this farm bill proposal. Situation remains very serious in Oklahoma with the uh, the fires that are raging there and, and, and great need, and there are more and more efforts to help people in Oklahoma. We're going to get an update from Ron Hayes with the Radio Oklahoma Ag Network, the very latest from uh, uh, Oklahoma on the fire situation. We are also keeping an eye on uh, what's going on in uh, renewable fuels, and joining us now to talk about that is the National Energy Markets Reporter for Reuters, Jarrett Renshaw. Jarrett, thanks for joining us on Adams on Agriculture. Sure, happy to be here. Hey, some big news recently, and with all the other things going on, I guess we haven't talked about it as much as we might normally, and that is Japan opening up to uh, U.S. ethanol. Uh, That is certainly uh, good news and has a lot of potential. Absolutely, yeah, and it was uh, uh, certainly the uh, the corn industry has been uh, uh, fighting a lot of wars and a lot of fronts. Um, so this was certainly welcome news, uh, and it certainly come amid a lot of uncertainty uh, in the industry. So you could you could tell it was a kind of a sigh of relief um, based on the statements that everybody put out. Any indication just how big a market that could be for ethanol? Uh, you know what? I don't have the numbers off the top of my head, but uh, there were certainly numbers out there, uh, and uh, I, I don't think it's a it's it's a huge, huge industry. But uh, given the, the doors that are closing uh, on some of the export markets, I think this is, uh, you know, any new country you can add to the list is uh, welcome news. Yeah, anytime you can open another export door, that's for sure. All right, so a lot of the focus here in this country on renewable fuels has been around the RFS and. And EPA Administrator Scott Pruitt, one of his many uh, controversies swirling around him has been the granting of these uh, waivers uh, to supposedly small refiners, although we've seen that's not exactly the case. You've done a lot of reporting on this. What's the latest? Sure. Our our latest report was that um, oil majors ExxonMobil and Chevron had applied for these small refinery uh, waivers from the renewable fuel standard. We don't know the outcome of those applications, but we know that they applied. And, and that, that certainly signals uh, more broadly that the EPA is uh, is interested in giving some broad exemptions to the RFS, and that has certainly angered folks in the, in, in the ethanol and the biofuels industry. 
So it seems like the administration's uh, way of um, appeasing the renewable fuels industry and still trying to show support for them is that uh, he's considering, uh, you know, allowing E15 sales year-round. But we don't know what else the refining industry, the oil industry, may get to because he, he keeps talking about wanting to help them, too. Sure. There's there's certainly a lot of murkiness around that particular thing. Uh, the, the president came out and supported the, the, the E15 waiver, um, but I think there's a lot of uh, cynicism even among the biofuel folks about uh, – where that is and, and will that actually move forward. Uh, the president does have a knack for talking to his audience. Um, so I think there's some, some cautious optimism among the biofuels industry that, that the president was serious about that. And, and as you mentioned, I think there was also some trepidation um, whether there's price caps are still in play or some other things. So I, 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 don't, I don't think I think people were happy to hear the president uh, support that, but uh, I'm not so sh- sure they were convinced as of yet, that that is moving forward. I think they want some more certainty and perhaps something in writing or something along those lines. Well, what impact do you think that will be felt when senators, uh, Republican senators, uh, let the president know they're not happy with these RFS waivers? You know, that that, that is something we're closely watching. It, it, I think there's a... Uh, the, the, the senators and lawmakers are kind of fighting it on two fronts. One is there's a there's a there's a thirst for information. Uh, the EPA has uh, withheld the names of the people that receive these these exemptions, um, the reasons why they're granting them, and a host of other things. And so I think there is a the senators want to get a better understanding of why the EPA is doing this and who's who's getting the benefit. And then secondly, I, I, obviously they they believe that their um, the, the expansion is is without merit and that um, so I. Th- so I think where this ends up, I think first we're going to see some – we have to see some greater level of transparency because we can't scrutinize what we don't know. So I think that's – I think we have to get to that point. Um, and it's unclear to me, I guess, how the administration will react. Um, uh, you know, you can't put the toothpaste back in the tube, right? These exemptions have been granted. I'm not so sure what they could do. Um, so I, I think the battle is going to be uh, fought for the years ahead. Um, obviously, we can't go back at this point. I guess, you know, the renewable fuels industry would love to hear some statement out of the White House saying, we're not going to allow this to continue. But is that realistic that we're going to hear something like that? No, I, I, I think this all gets kind of swallowed up in the in this uh, this the, the bill that uh, uh, Senator Cornyn from Texas is trying to uh, get some consensus on. Um, I think that's the most likely place where you'll see this battle fought. Um, I, obviously, it's going to be fought privately by lobbyists and the other folks, the other actors in this uh, uh, on the stage here. But I think um, I, I think you'll see a, a, a real effort to um, put some ground rules, some clear guidelines. I do think the the, the exemptions do suffer from uh, some vagary and allow so it allows for the administration to perhaps uh, broaden. Uh, the interpretation, and I think there will be an effort upon lawmakers to to more narrowly tailor the program. Even biofuels folks, I, I think, will uh, maybe they won't, but I think they were okay with a, a, a smaller waiver program. Um, they're certainly not okay with one that, that exempts almost nearly all of the, uh, the nation's small refineries. Either we didn't realize how much uh, leeway the EPA administrator had or just no one expected him to use it to, to this extent, I guess. 
Yeah, and I think that's the the one part of the story that hasn't been written yet, which is um, you know how much of this is because of legal reasons they had to expand the program, and how much of it is political reasons. It, it's it's one that you know, quite frankly, I don't know the answer to. Um, I do think there's obviously a large there is discretion, um, but um, there's also the threat of uh, lawsuits if you do a, if you do deny it, given uh, some unfavorable rulings that took place last year. So it it. it it is a it is a dark spot for for us as trying to report on the issue exactly what the motivations are and uh, you know whether they're rooted in in, in, in legal terms or they're rooted in political terms. My, my guess is it's a combination of both. Jared, as always, thank you. I always appreciate your reporting. Thank you very much. Hey, no problem. Jarrett Renshaw, National Energy Markets Reporter for Reuters. We'll talk with the president of the National Association of Conservation Districts next on AOA. We paid less for our Craftmatic today than we did 20 years ago. If you're still searching for the perfect solution to a good night's sleep, call now for prices and free information on today's Craftmatic adjustable beds. And then decide when you see how little they cost. Rated number one by consumers nationwide on ConsumerAffairs.com. Craftmatic beds come in all mattress types, including cool gel memory foam for up to 50% less than today's leading memory foam brand. Enjoy temporary relief of low back pain, poor circulation, nighttime heart for a mild arthritis. You'll sleep better in a Craftmatic adjustable bed. So if you're still searching for the perfect solution to a good night's sleep, call now for prices and information. And then decide when you see how little they cost. Discover Craftmatic for less, up to 50% less than today's leading memory foam brand. Call 1-800-318-7903. That's 1-800-318-7903. 1-800-318-7903. Call now. Hello, I'm Mike Lindell, the inventor of my pillow. And like all of you out there, I had problems sleeping. Pillows would go flat, I would flip-flop all night long, I'd wake up with a sore neck or maybe a headache, or I'd feel like I needed a nap even though I slept eight hours. Well, when I invented my pillow, I wanted it so you could adjust the patented fill to give you the exact support you need as an individual, regardless of sleep position. My pillow will get you into that deep REM sleep faster and you will stay there longer. It's not how much time we spend in bed, it's how much of that quality sleep we get. I do all my own manufacturing in my home state of Minnesota, a 10-year warranty, and you can wash and dry my pillow. And here's my best offer ever. Get four my pillows for the price of one. That's right. Get four my pillows, two premium pillows and two travel pillows for the price of one. Order my pillow at 800-871-7280 and use promo code FARM11. Get four my pillows for the price of one. Call 800-871-7280 and use promo code FARM11. Go to mypillow.com and at checkout use promo code FARM11. Reason number 12 why you should own a Thermospas hot tub? They require no attachment to your home's plumbing. Thanks to the Thermospas unique built-in thermofiltration system that filters the water an incredible 144 times a day, you simply fill it with a garden hose and your water stays crystal clear with very little maintenance. Call to receive a free DVD and brochure and find out how you can own a Thermospas hot tub for only a few dollars a day. Right now, they're offering 0% APR financing with approved credit and a $1,000 savings coupon, including free delivery, free chemicals, and a cash discount. And with bottles starting at $4,995, there will never be a better time to own a Thermospas hot tub. So call now and ask about this limited time offer. Call Thermospas today at 800-991-5852 for your free DVD and brochure. That's 800-991-5852. Thermospas, hot tubs designed to improve your life. Call 800-991-5852 today to take advantage of 0% APR financing. 
Information America's farmers and ranchers need to know. Adams on Agriculture. Now, back to Mike Adams. Welcome back. The House Farm Bill proposal, the House Ag Committee Farm Bill proposal that passed uh, this week and will go on to the full House floor early May. Um, most of the discussion around it has been around the nutrition title because there's such a divide between Republicans and Democrats and wound up uh, leading to uh, all Republican in favor vote and all Democrats voting against it and remains to be seen how that's going to play out on the House floor. But there are other aspects obviously to the Farm Bill as well including some changes in the uh, the conservation title and joining us now to talk about uh, those changes Brent Van Dyke, he's president of the National Association of Conservation Districts. Brent, thanks for joining us on Adams on Agriculture. Good morning Mike, I uh, hope things are going well for you all. Um, Yes, we're absolutely um, elated that uh, it made it through the committee. Of course, we um, are trying to protect those things that are near to and dear to our hearts, but uh, we're, we're glad that uh, we saw it go through the committee process on Wednesday. Okay, there are some changes. CSP would go away, kind of be uh, folded into some another program. How would that work? Do you like that change? You know, Mike, we, um, as an organization representing the 3,000 conservation districts nationwide, um, we really like uh, CSP um, and EQUIP having their own identity. Um, you know, we, we're we not really sure what's going to happen when they blend the two together. Um, our understanding is those initiatives will continue to operate in that um, blended program, um, if, if, if that's what it is. But um, officially, we, you know, CSP is very important to conservation districts nationwide. We, we like what it does. We like, um, you know, protecting those lands, um, the stewardship component. We're all about stewardship. And then, of course, equip. My goodness, to Americans, ag producers, it, it's crucial that we, uh, we keep that equipped there. So um, hopefully, if it uh, is blended together, that um, each one of those programs will continue to be scored and identified with um, their environmental uh, benefits. Um, so we're, we're, we're taking the wait-and-see um, perspective. Yeah, two good programs. You blend them together. You hope it makes for an even stronger program, but you just don't know. And I'm sure you're concerned and watching for uh, any signs that this could weaken either one of them. Oh, absolutely. Because uh, as you said, they're they're so important for America and, and America's food producers. We we like that identity. So hopefully, um, you know, if they are blended, like I said, that that they will. Still had keep their identity within those um, walls of conservation. We're talking with Brent Van Dyke. He's president of the National Association of Conservation Districts. Brent, also uh, a change for CRP, and that would uh, allow up to 29 million acres. Uh, what do you think of that? Well, we, we, we like that increase in CRP acreage um, because it's, it's that working lands program um, so taking funds from Working Lands Program to get that CRP, we are advocates of CRP. We, we see the um, highly, highly erodible lands being, um, you know, those are reasons that we have to protect, that we don't want another dust bowl. But 
um, you know, anything to increase conservation, we're okay with. We like that, and, and we uh, hope that in the next Farm Bill, once the House passes it, uh, hopefully in May and the Senate, we'll see their version pretty soon. You know, we, we truly believe that our legislative representation in Washington, D.C. is, is going to protect uh, conservation because I, I truly believe that uh, they both ag committees in the Senate and the House, they understand the importance of conservation to America. You feel then that the Senate will, uh, we don't know what, if their version will be the same, but uh, will be uh, still strongly supportive of conservation programs? We have not, uh, of course, seen a draft of the Senate version, but when we look back at appropriations from the Senate for conservation, for Title II funding, or RCPP, for those kind of programs, we, we see, um, you know, we, we believe the Senate's going to uh, continue to do what's right through the appropriations process. So they believe in, in uh, conservation. I, I believe both the House and the Senate does. We applaud um, the House. For, for reaching out to America with their listening session. Um, I think they, they heard the importance of what we do. So um, I'm excited. Uh, I hope we have a farm bill. Uh, you know, the last one uh, just took so long to get. And um, conservation, America's ag producers do not benefit um, if we don't have a farm bill. We, we need direction. We need uh, to have that security to know um, what to plant and, and where our farms need to go, farms and ranches. So farm bill is crucial to us. Well, there's still a long ways to go, obviously, to get a farm bill, and this vote on the House floor will be interesting. Uh, are you concerned that uh, all the support uh, that we're talking about for conservation could be lost over a battle over food stamps? Well, of course, um, we hope not. Uh, you know, it's going to take um, people on both sides of the aisle uh, to get us a farm bill as, as it moves across Capitol Hill. But um, it's uh, it's so important. We're you know we're optimistic. I, I I believe that both the House and the Senate Ag Committees, as I said before, they understand the importance of sustainable agriculture. That happens when when we utilize the incentive-based voluntary incentive-based conservation tools within that toolbox. Um, we we have, you know we have a tremendous task ahead of us when we're um, talking about feeding America and you know 20 percent of the rest of the world. So it's that that you know Title II uh, conservation and the and the conservation found those other titles ag producers. Brent, so we've come a long, yeah. yeah, we've come a long ways in the last several years in the conservation efforts around the country. Just done tremendous work, but there's always more that needs to be done. What's the the biggest challenge moving forward to taking conservation uh, uh, programs and efforts in this country to the next level? I think the biggest challenge is trying to understand um, the marketing of our products, uh, what products. Um, you know, that we can grow and continue to be sustainable. Uh, of course, everybody throws that word around about sustainability, but when you look at the history 
of uh, conservation nationwide, and, and you look at the, you know the Dust Bowl age and what happened. Uh, I was raised 80 miles from the epicenter of the Dust Bowl. I definitely understand the importance of conservation. Um, if you can't grow food and fiber, you can't feed and clothe America. So Title II is crucial, and, and as we weave conservation through many of those other titles, um, Title for nutrition, of course, that, that's important for those that uh, you know, are struggling. To um, to feed you know themselves or their children, so we understand it, but we think that uh, we've got to be able to produce food for people to eat, and that should be a high priority. Well, we have seen uh, the successes from an incentive-based program, so hopefully uh, that approach will continue. Um, when I think back to you know 20, 30 years, uh, where we were then to compared to where we are now, it's just amazing how far we've come. But uh, there's always that challenge, funding, uh, and especially when farmers are facing uh, low commodity prices, it's really a challenge. Even when they want to do something, to be able to do it, it you know, financially, that's a challenge. It is, and, and being involved in agriculture, as we all know, um, as I am, it's, it, you know, it's a huge gamble. It's a lot of work. And trying to understand, um, you know, which direction your operation needs to take uh, is crucial to, to staying in business. So um, farmers not only have to produce food and fiber, they've got to be able to manage their farms in a way that they, uh, they'll be around for, you know, generations to come. So a huge challenge. But the farm bill, the tools within the farm bill help us as ag producers um, understand the process a little better and we can make long decisions because being a farmer or a rancher, uh, the decision you make today uh, that you make today might, uh, you might not even see the benefit for five or ten years. So it's crucial we have a roadmap that's given us the direction in which we can go. All right, Brent, thank you very much, and we'll watch and see uh, how this farm bill process continues on down the road. Thank you so much. Thank you, Mike. Have a blessed day. Brent Van Dyke, president of the National Association of Conservation Districts. I want to congratulate Martin Barbary from Illinois. His, uh, he's been selected to be the administrator of the Risk Management Agency at USDA. I've known uh, Martin for a long, long time. Wish him the very best in that new position. All right, coming up next, an update from Oklahoma on AOA Adams on Agriculture. The mighty Prosoro, king of fungicides. Its fast action and long residual make it the keeper of grain quality and yield, the hammer of head and leaf diseases, the number one reducer of scab. When your goal is greater wheat quality and higher yield, use Prosoro fungicide and the crown of higher profit will be yours. Learn more at prosoro.us. Always read and follow label instructions. Thousands of people contact InventHelp monthly about their invention or new product. Do you think companies would be interested in your idea? Do you want to try to get a patent? Call InventHelp now. Best of all, the call and information are free. InventHelp keeps your idea confidential, explaining every step of the invention process. Join people just like you who made the call to InventHelp. You have nothing to lose. The call and the information are free. Call 800-352-1402. That's 800-352-1402. 
Time now for a market check here on Adams on Agriculture. I'm Rusty Halverson from the American Ag Network. We've got minus signs on this Friday in the grain and oil seed sector. Soybean features continued to break down in the overnight session. Contracts sitting at or near the lows early on this Friday. New crop November soybeans under pressure on ideas that perhaps spring is finally here. Technically, the contract is dipped below initial support at 1038 and a quarter on the daily chart. July soybeans declined for the second session in a row on Thursday. The bean contract dropping just below 20-day moving average support. Thursday's sell-off tugging the market to its lowest level since April 6th. The July contract busting through support at 10.46 in the overnight trade. An hour in, we're hovering near 10.44.5 on July soybeans, down 4.5 cents. November down 3.5 at 10.39. In corn, July down 3.25 at 3.87 and 3 quarters. We saw support entering the session at 3.88, so the close will be important to watch. For the wheats, we're backtracking after recent advances in Chicago and Kansas City. Eight and a fraction lower Chicago, nine and a fraction lower Kansas City, and eight to nine lower in Minneapolis spring wheat. For livestock at the Merck and live cattle futures, we're trending 40 to 95 cents lower. Feeder cattle, 40 to $1.77 lower an hour into the trading day. The April 1st cattle on feed report comes out at 2 central time. Average guess for on feed up 78%. Placements off 10%. Marketings off 4%. Lean hog futures, a narrow mix, 20 cents on either side of steady. Outside markets on Wall Street, the Dow is down 68, NASDAQ down 53, S&P down 7. You're listening to Adams on Agriculture. I'm Rusty Halverson from the American Ag Network. I'm here to tell you that your options for getting out of debt have never been better. How do I know? Because I'm Howard Dvorkin, the founder of Consolidated Credit. For nearly two decades, we've helped over 5 million people just like you. And every time we help someone, they all say the same thing. Why didn't I call sooner? If you owe too much money on your credit cards and you feel that you'll never be able to pay it off, don't wait. Simply pick up the phone and find out what our Freedom Quest program can do for you. Reducing your payments by up to 50% is just the beginning, but you have to take the first step. When credit card debt is the problem, we're the solution. Call Consolidated Credit now. As soon as you call, the hard part is over. Call Consolidated Credit now. 1-800-489-7204. 1-800-489-7204. That's 1-800-489-7204. 5701 Sunrise Boulevard, Fort Lauderdale, Florida. Licensed debt management service provider, Vermont and New York Banking Departments, Maryland 49, Oregon DM80031. Information America's farmers and ranchers need to know. Adams on Agriculture. Now back to Mike Adams. Welcome back. Well, we're watching the situation in Oklahoma with the fires and uh, trying to keep you updated and letting you know how you can help. With an update uh, for us today, Ron Hayes with the Radio Oklahoma Ag Network. Ron, thanks for joining us. What's the latest? Well, Mike, uh, thanks for having me on, and uh, we uh, do have a little bit of an update as far as the, these fires. We're finally starting to get a little bit better weather. Uh, I say that it's still pretty breezy in northwestern Oklahoma, more of a south-southeasterly wind uh, this morning, and uh, those winds are, are basically continuing to, to push a lot of embers around. Uh, we've had continued growth in this biggest fire. Uh, you may have heard the name Ray Fire, R-H-E-A, is the name of the, the biggest complex, and it is now encompassed. 289,000 acres 
it is now 25% contained. That is up from 15% yesterday. Uh, the other smaller fire uh, in the region in, in northwestern Oklahoma uh, was actually downgraded a little bit as far as the size. It's now about 62,000 acres. They got a little bit better mapping, they said, and it is now 60% contained. So they're feeling pretty good about that. Uh, the Ray fire is the one that is, the, is the, really the concerning one, and it's, uh, we're still at a point where we can't really get in and do a lot of assessment, uh, especially on livestock loss and all of that, uh, until the thing starts settling down a little bit more. But, but most, most definitely uh, still a very, a very serious situation, and a lot of folks have been impacted. Yeah, so much going on, trying to obviously contain the fire and get it under control, but then the damage yeah. assessment, that, that's going to take quite a while. Uh, it will, and, and, and literally, they've said, you know, you gotta have patience. You gotta basically get this thing uh, uh, well, well under control. You gotta get a lot more of it uh, basically buttoned down before you can get in and do a lot of the assessment safely. Uh, we do know we, uh, you know, as far as some of the numbers, we've had about three deaths so far. Uh, about a dozen people or more have probably been injured. We've had uh, a fair amount of uh, two or three of, uh, of our volunteer fire departments have lost equipment when they got overrun by fires. Uh, who knows how many cattle have been killed. A lot of cattle have been burned and injured. Hooves have been damaged, uh, lungs with smoke inhalation. All that, uh, obviously, uh, we've got uh, ranchers that are trying to, to doctor those cattle right now. And, you know, we've lost the grass. We've lost most of the hay in the region. And so the need for hay is still really high. How many miles of fence, you know, that's, that's still a big, big guess. Uh, structures have been lost, farm equipment lost, some houses lost. So, uh, this is a more populated area than we saw burned last year in southwest Kansas and northwest Oklahoma. So uh, even though not quite as many acres at this point, uh, it's going to impact a lot of people. Well, uh, for a long time to come, it's going to be a long-term yeah. need, that's for sure, to, and the need for assistance. And we'll get into ways people can do that here in just a moment. Uh, Ron, how you talked about on the cattle side, I'm, I'm sure – producers were trying to move cattle and try to take the steps they could but there there probably was only so much they could do right yeah it, you know when it really kicked up and got started uh, it was moving really fast the day that it started was a week ago thursday and uh, we had a lot of uh, 50 and 55 mile an hour gust and when you start moving fire that quickly uh through a very very dry uh vegetation and a lot of uh, these eastern red cedar trees that are kind of a, a, a culprit down in this part of the world, uh, when a cedar tree gets, catches on fire, it goes up like a Roman candle. And uh, when they started moving fast, you had, you had ranchers that uh, were able to, to move some cattle. Others just had to get out of the way and, and run for their lives. And so in some cases, they were able to get the cattle moved. In other cases, they, uh, they just couldn't get fences cut quick enough and uh, let the cattle, you know, move, move safely out of the way of the flames. Yeah, I remember talking with folks uh, involved with the fires last year in Kansas and other states, and mm -hmm. the stories we heard about how fast it could just jump up on you and get out of control and you'd be trapped, uh, you just can't comprehend how, how quickly that can happen. Yeah, and, and, the, and the crazy thing, you know, you got the, 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 uh, the line of fire moving really fast, and then the the kind of the secondary sleeper are, are those embers that are uh, getting caught up by the gust of wind, and they're carried you know hundreds of yards maybe away, and then it starts up a fresh fire as well. And that that we've seen a lot of that, especially on this bigger fire, the Ray Fire, that uh, has gotten so so large. Any rain in your forecast? 
Uh, actually, we do have rain uh, starting maybe tonight and into Saturday and, and, and uh, Sunday as well. Uh, unfortunately, uh, something we've kind of uh, seen a lot of this year, we're starting to see a little bit of a creep. And, and where they were, we're talking maybe a couple of inches of rain in some of these most hard-hit areas. Uh, they've kind of downgraded that a little bit. They've moved a little bit further east. We'll see how many how much rain we really get, but anything will be appreciated at this point. And uh, if that if we get some rain in and settle the winds down, that will help uh, help a tremendous amount uh, over the next few days. We're talking with Ron Hayes with the Radio Oklahoma Ag Network about the the fire situation in Oklahoma. All right, Ron, now let's talk about some of the uh, the assistance efforts. You mentioned hay, the great need for hay. Yeah. Um, We've seen before when these situations arise, uh, the outpouring of uh, help uh, from around the country. Uh, tell us about the, the, the hay donations and how people can help. Well, you know, at this point, uh, that was the first thing that immediately the cry came out for was uh, you had cattle that were they were able to cut the fences and get the cattle out. But then, you know, that, all, the, all the grass that was there, and there was a fair amount of grass in a lot of cases, uh, still stockpiled. Uh, it was burned. Uh, the uh, the bales of hay that were, were left behind obviously are, are, are gone. So hay is a big, big need. The extension people have really stepped up on this this year. Uh, last year it was uh, uh, more of the Farm Service Agency office up in northwest Oklahoma and it was Kansas. But this year it's more of the extension people. And the number we've probably give, give, been given to everybody uh, at this point is for the Woodward County Extension Office in northwest Oklahoma. Uh, their number is 405 five nine oh oh one oh six so if you've got hay or maybe some other uh, feed uh, feed stuff that you might be willing to donate let them know if you've got the ability to get uh, you, you know you want to try to help transport some stuff uh let them know as, as well uh we've got some folks that are actually uh, helping out anybody who comes in brings uh brings uh, hay in uh we've got uh, one of the big farm credits in the area that's handing out gas cards those truckers to, to say uh, thank you so uh, we've got some help uh, you can get down here with the hay, uh, but uh, the extension folks are doing a really good job right now of, uh, of stepping in and matching up uh, the, the donated the offers with the guys, the ranchers, that need the help the most. Again, that hay donation number to call, 405-590-0106. Ron, we've been talking with the yeah. Oklahoma Cattlemen's Association. I know they're very active in this uh, you can go to their website okcattlemen.org uh understand there are a number yeah. of meetings coming up early next week folks with questions like uh, on insurance and things like that that's that's part of this process too that people will be going through yeah and you know we've got several we've got two or three foundations that are actually offering uh, you know accepting uh, cash and say they're going to turn it around I, I would really commend folks if they want to give them uh, cash uh, the folks at the Oklahoma Cattlemen's did a wonderful job a year ago. Uh, Kansas Livestock Association and then uh, OCA both did great, great jobs, and both of them did a good job. Of, they didn't take a nickel. They turned it all around. They, they matched up uh, every request that they had uh, from, uh, from the ranchers locally uh, and, and got them uh, got them money. Now, we're talking about a, really a different set of ranchers this year. It's further a little bit. It's about a county or so south. Uh, where most of the fires were a year ago. So this is a different set of ranchers that are going to be uh, basically making requests for money that comes in to the Oklahoma Cattlemen's Foundation. And, and as you said, Mike, uh, we've got, uh, got some meetings come up. I talked yesterday to our state executive director of the Farm Service Agency. 
They've got a whole tool, a toolbox full of various programs, the livestock indemnity program most notably for uh, cattle that are never lost. But then there's also programs to help with uh, building, rebuilding fence. And they're going to be detailing all of that in uh, at least one meeting, probably two meetings next week uh, in the two affected uh, major affected counties. And then uh, there's also an interesting meeting. Oklahoma cattlemen are partnering with some local churches, and they're inviting families to come in Monday night and just talk about uh, some of the uh, some of the emotional uh, problems. Uh, but, you know, when you come up with these kind of devastating things in your life, uh, there's some there's some mechanism that you need. And, and as you well know, Mike, it's it's important that we deal with the uh, with the emotional side, with the with the uh, not just the physical side, but also uh, the theological, the, the emotional, the uh, uh, just the psyche uh, is really, really important to, to address. Yeah, there are a lot of layers to this, that's for sure. And, Ron, good and bad news. Uh, the good news is uh, folks in your state have had experience dealing with these situations. The bad news is <laughs> that you've, you've got experience dealing with them because it, it's happened before. And uh, uh, But that, some of that experience, even though you're talking with – uh, about, as you said, uh, more, different people affected this year, but people that have dealt with these uh, uh, these uh, situations in the past, that, that experience can help uh, moving forward in, in offering assistance. Yeah. yeah. You know, one, one of the neat things we're seeing, uh, we, we saw this last year, we saw some of the, some of the, uh, the cattle barns and the livestock auctions in the region uh, do, uh, do a donated calf and sell it and resell it and resell it. Uh, we're already starting to see some instances of that going to be going on. Uh, one of our uh, one of our bigger ranches here in uh, in the state of Oklahoma. Uh, a lot of your Angus guys will be very aware of the of the name Express Ranches. They are, I think, one of the they're in the top ten on uh, cow calf numbers in the in the United States. They've got a big uh, sale tomorrow that's been scheduled for a long time, and they're selling several hundred head, including a couple hundred uh, bulls that they'll be selling tomorrow. Lot number one, their first bull that they will sell, <clears throat> the first bull they will sell, they're going to donate the entire proceeds to the uh, Cattlemen's Foundation. Well, it's great the way people help, and uh, we encourage people to, as they can, to help, and uh, and certainly to, we'll keep a close watch on this situation. Ron, you're doing great reporting on this. Uh, we'll stay in touch with you for the updates. Thank you very much. Take care. Okay, Ron. Ron Hayes with the Radio Oklahoma Ag Network. Again, that Hay Donation Hotline, 405-590-0106. And for donations of any kind, uh, oklahomacattlemans.org, the website. Coming up next, we're going to start checking planting around the country. We'll start with the Boot Heel of Missouri next on AOA. Hello, I'm Mike Lindell, the inventor of my pillow. And like all of you out there, I had problems sleeping. Pillows would go flat. I would flip-flop all night long. I'd wake up with a sore neck or maybe a headache, or I'd feel like I needed a nap even though I slept eight hours. Well, when I invented my pillow, I wanted it so you could adjust the patented fill to give you the exact support you need as an individual, regardless of sleep position. My pillow will get you into that deep REM sleep faster, and you will stay there longer. It's not how much time we spend in bed. It's how much of that quality sleep we get. I do all my own manufacturing in my home state of Minnesota. with have a 10-year warranty. And you can wash and dry my pillow. And here's my best offer ever. Get four my pillows for the price of one. That's right. Get four my pillows. 
two premium pillows, and two travel pillows for the price of one. Order my pillow at 800-871-7280 and use promo code FARM11. Get four my pillows for the price of one. Call 800-871-7280 and use promo code FARM11. Go to MyPillow.com and at checkout, use promo code FARM11. What if you had a medical emergency away from home? What you need is Mobile Help, America's premier mobile medical alert system. Most systems only work at home, but with Mobile Help, you get help outside the home with coverage nationwide on one of the largest cellular networks at the press of a button. I press the button, and lo and behold, the emergency came within minutes. Mobile Help did save my life. No question about that. Call Mobile Help now for a free color brochure. We'll send you everything you need, including the base station, the patented mobile device, the waterproof pendant and wrist button. You can also add the fall button that automatically detects falls and signals help. Call today and receive a risk-free 30-day trial. There's no equipment to buy and no long-term contract. For a limited time, you'll also receive a free emergency key box with your plan purchase. Remember, mobile help keeps you safe coast to coast. Call 800-930-6137 now for your free mobile help brochure. That's 800-930-6137. Again, 800-930-6137. The mighty Prosaro, king of fungicides. Its fast action and long residual make it the keeper of grain quality and yield. The hammer of head and leaf diseases. The number one reducer of scab. When your goal is greater wheat quality and higher yield, use Prosaro fungicide, and the crown of higher profit will be yours. Learn more at prosaro.us. Always read and follow label instructions. Thanks for listening to Adams on Agriculture from the American Ag Network. We're excited to explore the topics that make a difference to agriculture. The Farm Bill, immigration reform, reducing regulations, trade, new technology, as well as infrastructure and health care. Through the year, Adams on Agriculture will originate on location from several major national meetings and events. Subscribe to the show's podcast at AmericanAgNetwork.com. We're proud of our new affiliates. Thanks for listening to Adams on Agriculture from the American Ag Network. Do you need a car? Been shopping only to be turned down because of bad credit, low credit, no credit, bankruptcy, or divorce? Guess what? Today's your lucky day because now car, truck, or SUV, just about any vehicle, it's true. Bad credit doesn't matter. No credit doesn't matter. Bankruptcy or divorce, it just doesn't matter. As a matter of fact, your job is your ticket to your new vehicle. We're Auto Credit Express, and we've helped thousands of people just like you. Antonio H. told us, great company, got me connected, and the day I went in, I drove off in the car I wanted. 100% worth your time. Need a car? Get started now and drive off as early as today. Just go to 11ignoremyscore.com right now. That's www.11ignoremyscore.com. Auto financing the easy way. 11ignoremyscore.com. Get started today. Auto financing the easy way. All right, guys. We're ready for our four-season sunroom, and Daddy's going to get a rec room with refreshments. Oh, no. We'll be sleeping under the stars. Mom, what about the one with, you know, the fun? Nice try, little bro. It's a gym. My gym. Hey, Grandma's getting her Four Seasons garden room. Weather tight and still like being outdoors. Maybe a living room. Oh, no, wait. A family hub. Yeah. No matter what the budget, the season, or the climate, 
Four Seasons Sunrooms let you and your family enjoy the outdoors inside. Call now to hear more about these great offers from the premier manufacturer of sunrooms since 1975. More reasons for Four Seasons now. To find out more, call toll-free 800-988-4477. That's 800-988-4477. Call 800-988-4477 today. Information America's farmers and ranchers need to know. Adams on Agriculture. Now back to Mike Adams. Welcome back. Well, as we mentioned at the outset of the program, slowly the windows of opportunity for field work are, are opening a little bit in places around the country. But, wow, it has just been such a slow spring as we Mother Nature has kept planters in the sheds and farmers out of their fields, but uh, getting a little more activity. We're going to start talking with farmers uh, throughout this planting season, get updates. We're going to start uh, today in the boot heel of Missouri from Dexter, Missouri, Charlie Cruz joins us. Hi, Charlie. How are you? Hi, Mike. I'm fine. It's great to talk to you. I know uh, you got off to a slower than usual start in the boot heel as well. Oh, I'll tell you what. Uh, you know, we've had springs that have been cold and wet before, Mike, but uh, this has just been uh, really unusual, I think. Uh, we've just had really cold temperatures for us. And, you, you know, you, you keep in mind where I live, I live close closer to memphis tennessee than i do to st louis so that'll give a little perspective but uh we've had wet and cold and and uh, usually as you know mike by march the 20th there's a good bit of corn planted in the boot hill of missouri and uh to, before the 9th of april which was two weeks ago monday i guess um or a week ago monday uh, there was very little corn planted, and so the planters got to roll the first part of the week of the 9th of April, and then we got two inches of rain last weekend, and that put people out, and uh, people are planting again. But to, to give you an example of the temperatures, we've had frost the last two nights here, and I know a lot of your listening audience would say, well, that's not a big deal, but, but it is for us as far south as we are. And so... Uh, you know, it's just been a really, really cold and unusually cold and wet spring. There's there's some rice planted, but not a lot. And, uh, you know, a lot of cotton farmers down here like to start planting cotton uh, the 20th of April, which is today. Uh, I know there will be no cotton planted because uh, it's just too cold. But as we all know, farmers uh, today, with the equipment we have and so forth, we can catch up in a hurry. But right now... Uh, we are behind. Yeah, I always say it, it seems later than it is, but it's certainly later than uh, most farmers are accustomed to getting to their fields. Uh, the difference this year has been, as you talked about, Charlie, how widespread these conditions are. I mean, it's not unusual for one pocket here or there to have uh, uh, you know some conditions to slow them down in the spring, but such a wide area to be impacted this way. I uh, I guess you can take solace in that that you're not alone in it, but it's sure uh, it's sure it's still hard to just uh, wait and wait, isn't it? Well, it is, but like you said, and 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 that's a great point because, like you said, Mike, a lot of times there'll be one little area here or there that that has a problem like this, but this has been really widespread. And uh, but you know, I was talking to people yesterday, Mike, and. I tell you, it won't be long. It'll be hot and dry, and we'll be wishing for cooler temperatures and 
praying for a rain so things can change in a hurry but uh it, it sure has been frustrating to just watch these and i know it has for everybody uh just to sit and watch uh the temperatures and the and the rain and know that there's nothing you can do about it have the delays caused any acreage shifts in your area that you are aware of no i don't think so mike because We've got a pretty wide window. Like I said, there's a lot of corn usually planted by March the 20th. But uh, I, there's an awful lot of corn planted now because they've been able to go this week, and it looks like we'll be able to go the next two or three or four days. So I don't see a big shift there. And then it's really early for soybeans, uh, and there's a really wide window for that. Uh, rice, uh, there's not as much rice planted in the boot heel right now as there would normally be but there's quite a bit planted and uh, like I said a lot of times cotton starts being planted about the 20th but I'd say next week uh, if the temperatures warm up and it looks like they're going to be holding for a while there'll be a lot of cotton planted next week so no I don't think so far there's been much shift at all in in planting intentions. You know, that's the other tough part of this, Charlie. You, you wait and wait to be able to just get out there and plant, but then you have to be concerned, what's the weather like after you've planted? <laughs> exactly. You know, we had uh, Wednesday, we had 40-mile-an-hour winds. Uh, you, you know what that'll do to dry the ground out. Of course, people were thrilled that the ground was getting dried out, but, you know, if you have some prolonged winds uh, that are pretty high, uh, like you said, it, it can change from hoping it'll dry out to hoping we get a shower to get the crop up pretty fast well it has been it's just been an amazing spring i mean we just talked with uh ron hayes in oklahoma about dry conditions there and the wildfires they're dealing with we know in the upper midwest uh blizzards and snow and then uh, cold and wet and uh, it's just amazing all the different uh, challenges we've had this spring so charlie um what's your forecast going into the weekend you think a lot's going to get done there I do, Mike. Uh, we've got, it's supposed to get, get up to 65 today, which, uh, you know, that's more normal for this time of the year. Uh, like I said, we've had frost warnings the last two nights, which is really weird for this time of April for us. But the weather forecast for the next uh, four or five days looks pretty good, pretty promising, and the temperatures are going to be uh, warmer than they have been. So I would look for a lot of people to uh, finish up corn planting in the next uh, few days and uh, and and then they'll they'll turn to soybeans and and when the temperatures get right they'll be planting cotton and, and rice and in a lot bigger way than than they are now so um, I think things are starting to, to look a little better for us down here in the boot hill very good yeah usually by now well by first of April, I'm usually kidding you about being done, even though you're not done quite that soon. But I always kid you about it anyway. But well, right. uh, hope things hope things go well the rest of the way. Thanks, Charlie. Good to talk with you, and we'll we'll stay in touch. Thank you, Mike. Always good to talk to you. Take care. You too, Charlie Cruz. He farms in Dexter, Missouri, down in the Boot Heel. So they're getting going finally down there with planting. We'll be checking in with farmers around the country throughout the uh, the planting season to see how things are going. Now that we're finally starting to slowly get going on uh, on the planting season. Again, uh, if you want to help for the folks in Oklahoma, that hay donation hotline number 405-590-0106. 
uh, for donations of any kind, go to oklahomacattlemen.org to their website. Have a great weekend, everyone. I'll be in Washington, D.C. next Monday and Tuesday talking ag issues. Hope you'll join us right here on AOA, Adams on Agriculture.